Welcome to the Vol Bros. My name is Evan. This is my brother Rustin, and we are two Vol Bros who are actually bros in real life. And kudos to Rustin. He is showing his dedication to our viewers and the Vol Bro audience. Uh, he is currently traveling for business. He is in enemy territory, actually. He is in South yeah. Carolina uh, at Myrtle Beach. So, not quite Columbia, but. Uh, we appreciate him uh, scouting out the enemy territory. Um, welcome everybody to our previous show for the, what should be an incredible atmosphere at Neyland Stadium. Papa Jay, welcome. He said, the dark mode is going to be nice. Full moon, too. I didn't realize it'd be a full moon. That's cool. Um, yeah, dark mode is going to be amazing. That atmosphere in Neyland Stadium will be incredible. 7.30 p.m. kickoff dark mode uniforms in Neyland Stadium under the lights revenge game uh, it is going to be a raucous atmosphere and we're pretty excited to talk about it this evening so our first question of the night Rustin what do you want to see on Saturday I want to see our defensive line dominate the game um because I am extremely concerned about our secondary trying to cover South Carolina's receivers. And um, Spencer Rattler right now has been very comfortable. He's been very confident throwing the ball, uh, but he is a front runner and front runners have head issues if they start feeling uncomfortable. And, you know, that's the reason he never really succeeded in Oklahoma. He was never really comfortable there. So, you know, first half of last season he never looked comfortable and so i i want us to get him as comfortable as hum, uncomfortable as humanly possible in the first quarter and i think he'll implode but um we've got to get to him and we've got to make his life miserable um i i was happy to see juice wells isn't playing because i don't know that we have anybody that can cover xavier leggett and i know we don't have anybody that can cover juice wells so I'm glad to see we're not going to, have to worry about that one. Um, you know, they'll actually now be able to double cover Xavier, which will be a, a huge positive. But defensive line's got to have a big night. So that is also my thing I want to see. Um, this week, um, I tweeted out earlier this week, Shane Beamer in his uh, pregame or, you know, mid, early week post uh, uh, press conference, he said that right now, South Carolina has seven offensive linemen who are not practicing due to injury. Some of them will be available to play. Some of them won't. But uh, the fact that they're not practicing shows that they're not fully healthy. And, you know, probably the healthiest the offensive line has been for them and will be all year is the first game of the season. And that was against North Carolina. And North Carolina sacked Spencer Rattler eight times. So now you, you take that offensive line uh, and seven of them aren't even practicing because they're, they're injured. I, I want to see us blitzing and doing everything we possibly can to make Spencer Rattler have an unpleasant evening. <laughs> uh, I've, I, I'm sure Vol Nation will show up and show out and be loud. Uh, I'd love to see, you know, a couple false start penalties or some communication errors simply because they can't hear each other. Uh, I would love to see that happen. Um, but I, I want to, I want to see the, like you said, the defensive line dominate this game. 
I wonder how much of that offensive line injury stuff is real and how much of it is gamesmanship because yeah. he's been saying it a lot. You know, he he's not he, he in almost every conversation he has, he's bringing it up in every press conference. He's bringing it up. It's starting to get weird. And, and I'm wondering how much of that is just trying to yeah. throw things off. You know, Josh Heupel made the comment, you know, that I think it was yesterday for Mel's banged up. Jalen Wright's banged up, like you had a laundry list of guys that were banged up. But I expect to see them all play Saturday. One hundred percent. Yeah. So it's it's like why why even go to the trouble of listing all that if you already know they're going to play? Um, so oh, I, I hope I hope that's not gamesmanship by Beamer and that he's not setting something up there and trying to lure us into something. Because let's not forget, Austin P used the screen game to really dismantle us in the first half. And yeah. you get an overzealous defensive line flying in the backfield, and all of a sudden the screen game is wide open. Yeah, that's right. Um, my favorite tweet of the day so far was from Chad Fields. Um, somebody was at the Hypo press conference this morning, uh, said that they quoted Hypo when he said, when he was asked about Cooper Mays' availability, he said, I expect him to be locked and loaded and ready to go, ready to roll. And Chad Fields quote tweeted that and said, yeah, he's definitely not playing. <laughs> Based on that quote, he's like, yeah, definitely not playing. <laughs> that cracked me up. Um, and that's the way it is now. With, I mean, like you can't trust anything about with the injury status for people. You just can't trust it. Uh, Papa J said, I hope it's revenge. Absolutely. I hope it's revenge too. He said, I'd love to put Rattler on his back all game with just our defensive front. Absolutely. If Oh, man, if they can take their front four and get to Rattler and allow their linebackers to be weary of that, you know, screen game Rustin was just talking about and, and allow them to drop back in coverage, that is huge, huge advantage for Tennessee. Uh, Mr. Jones, welcome, Mr. Jones. He said, hit the like button, go Vols. Hey, I like that idea. That's a great idea. Uh, there's sage advice from Mr. Jones right there. Sage advice. Uh, Eric, welcome, Eric. Good to have you, buddy. He said, great show as usual, guys. Thank you so much. He said, very nervous about this one, but I believe we get it done in the end. Go Big Orange from North Mississippi. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm with him. I'm As the week is going on, I'm getting more nervous. I, I, don't like, yeah. I don't like the things that I'm hearing South Carolina's players saying. They are very confident. And, and they shouldn't be. Like, it, there's no reason. So I, there's something about it just doesn't feel right. Um, let's see. Mr. Jones said you can't spell suck without SC in UK. That's, that's your South Carolina and Kentucky. There you go. Um, so our second question, uh, we kind of already tipped our hat a little bit here, but uh, who do you think will have a big game? And if you're watching with us, let us know in the comments who you think will have a big game this Saturday. I, I have a specific person in mind. You want me to go first? Sure. So I think if we go back and look at uh, every game Tennessee has played this season, there has been one defensive lineman who has consistently been in the backfield more than anybody else. And quite frequently we see him being held by the shoulder pads and not being called. And that's Tyler Barron. And I think that, I think Tyler Barron will have a massive game this week uh, simply because this is the same offensive line that allowed North Carolina to get eight sacks. Uh, this is the same offensive line that, that is have a little bit of an injury bug right now. So due to all those things, I think that Tyler Barron will be in the backfield frequently uh, this week. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be called some. Uh, 
uh, if they hold him. But, I mean, it hasn't been thus far, so I'm not banking on that. But I do think he will make quite a few appearances in the backfield. I want to see – I'll pick one on offense and one on defense. I want to okay. see – and I don't have a specific person. It's more position group. I want to see one running back establish themselves as a gamer and really take control of the line of scrimmage, really attack the line of scrimmage and, and force, force South Carolina to have to come up and defend, which opens up everything. Um, and then on defense, I want to see either Gabe Judy Lolly, um, Danico Slaughter, maybe even Brandon Turnage um, have a really good game in coverage on Xavier Leggett. Um, I would, I, the only reason I say Brandon Turnage is I think Danico Slaughter legitimately is banged up. And so I think they'll probably put him on the opposite side from Leggett which means Gabe Judy Lolly hopefully will be the one covering him and not Kamal Haddon. Um, and Brandon Turnage is such a gamer. I think that and he, and he's, he's always in the right spot in big moments. I think they'll rely on him in some third down situations against Leggett. Um, so I, I just really, really hope we don't get caught in any kind of situation where Kamal Haddon's having to cover Xavier Leggett because that's going to be a bad day. <laughs> uh, I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> um, some folks uh, joined in here. Let's, Rebecca, welcome, Rebecca. It's great to have you. Uh, she said, I want to see Shane Beamer cry. That's what she wants to see on Saturday. <laughs> that would be amazing. Hopefully <laughs> not tears of joy. Yeah, there you go. That's right. That's right. Uh, Papa Jay said, I want to I want Haddon to have an awesome game this week. Man, I think we all want him to, absolutely. Uh, whether or not he does is another story, but uh, we definitely want him to have an amazing game. Absolutely. They need him to have an amazing game um, because here's the thing. For some reason, I don't know why, but UTSA did not attack him specifically when they had the ball. Austin P attacked him. They threw almost every single pass at him. Um, Florida attacked him. I would be shocked if South Carolina doesn't attack Kamal Haddon. Um, Dylan, uh, Dylan Sampson, Mr. Jones said he wants to see Dylan Sampson have a big game. Uh, he, he thinks he'll be the breakout player. He also said Brew McCoy. Um, I totally can see that happening for sure. Uh, definitely Brew McCoy. I'd love to see Dylan Sampson have a breakout game too. Doug said, I wish that it was like the pros and you had to give an injury report. Uh, Amen. Bob Jason, yeah, Papa Jay said, well, they'll still, they won't tell the truth on those either. <laughs> He's probably right. He's probably right. Um, Mr. Jones said he'd love to see Nico have – oh, gosh. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> um, I, we do not want to see Nico have a big game because that means something disastrous has happened. And Joe has been removed from the game way early in the game which means Tennessee's already down big. Or uh, injured, so, in which case injured, we don't yeah. want to see that either. Exactly. So, um, uh, yeah, hope hopefully not for that one. Uh, God Guns and Emo, hey, welcome, buddy. Good to have you with us. He said, uh, what's up, fellas? I think they're going to have to spy Rattler with Beasley. Uh, potentially, yeah. Um, yeah. If, if, if he's not blitzing, I bet you'll see him, you know, spying Rattler a little bit there. 
Um, Mr. Jones said something ha disaster happens when Joe is on the field. <laughs> All right. Okay. I have a question for Mr. Jones. I have a question for Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones, what does Joe have to do to make you a confident supporter of him? I'm just curious. Uh, I, I would love to know. I would love to know what you would love to see from Joe this, this week. I do like this. He said, tip the hot dog vendors pregame. Tell them to keep coming to the refs all game long. <laughs> Personal waters. Yes, I fully support that 100%. That would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, that would be amazing. It, surely they're going to do something on the Jumbotrons or something during the game to mention hot dogs somehow. I don't know. Uh, but they they have to. Like That would be incredible if they did that. Uh, let's see. Papa Jay said as far as what he wants to see out of um, Joe to be happy is consistency. Um, I get that. Uh, there were, you know, if you look back at UTSA, there were only probably three overthrows. And, and one of them was just barely out of the reach of the, the, the receiver. One of them that you can, uh, Chaz Nimrod down the left sideline, you could make, kind of make a case that Chaz actually slowed up a little bit because he got like 60 yards away from Joe and he's like, well, I guess he's not throwing it to me. And then Joe threw it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, there, there was one pass that clearly he and uh, Squirrel were not on the same page on. Squirrel was yeah. open over the middle of the field. It was late in the third quarter, I think. Uh, Squirrel was wide open. Joe threw it. Joe thought he was going straight up the field. It looked like Squirrel thought he was supposed to run a post route or something. Um, so, you know, that was a miscommunication, so I get that. Um, Mr. Jones said – uh, Joe just needs to run enough to keep the defense honest, not be afraid of taking a hit. Uh, that's fair. Sure. I don't, I don't think he's afraid of taking a hit. I think he's been told not to run. Maybe. Yeah. The more, I, I think we're um, not, not, well, I shouldn't say not to run. I think he's been told to be very selective about when he runs. Yeah. And, and they're trying to limit the amount of opportunities for injury because they don't want Nico on the field yet. Well, and I think, you know, I think one reason why he might be hesitant is because in the past, Joe has not shot away from taking a hit. Joe has actually initiated contact if we look back at last year and that kind of thing. Um, and I think they told him, like, dude, you can't do that. You know, you, you have to we, – we need you to be the quarterback. It's probably what, you know, what's going on there. Um, Let me take everybody back real quick. When – when Josh Heupel first took over, Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton both transfer in. Joe won the job. Joe was the starting quarterback. Joe got injured. Hendon takes over. Who remembers how the offense was run with Hendon when he took over? For six games, they did this. Anybody remember? Hendon transferred before Heupel showed up, but he wasn't on the roster yet. Anybody remember the, the first six games Hendon was at starting quarterback? Hendon's a pretty smart guy. They split the field in half and gave him one read 
because he still didn't understand as much of a veteran as he was and as smart as he was, he still didn't understand the entire playbook and all the reads. So if you go back and watch the first six games Hendon played in a Tennessee uniform, half the receivers don't run off the line of scrimmage, half run routes, and when he takes the snap, he immediately looks to the side he's throwing to and reads one guy because that's all he could understand at that point. If Hendon Hooker, who had already played a year of college football in the ACC, couldn't understand the offense well enough to read the whole field, why does anyone think Nico, who has never played in a college game in his life until this year, think that he could somehow run the offense better than Joe? Joe gets the opportunity to read the entire field because he actually understands the entire playbook and all the reads. If Nico goes in the game, I guarantee you, we would immediately revert to that system Hendon Hooker ran those first six games where he only had half the field to play with and the other half was off limits because he couldn't, he couldn't process the reads that fast. Yeah. I mean, of all the, of all the games that, you know, from this year so far, I've only seen one play where half the field didn't run. Uh, and, you know, you think back to um, even with like, uh, what's his face uh, from SEC network, not Cole. He works with Cole Kubelik and Ron Hart. Matthews, no Rogers, Jordan yeah. Rogers. Um, even he was talking about you know they, they half the team or half the field won't go on a route, so that you know they're just working one side of the field and stuff like that. Right. We haven't seen that yet this year until you know one play uh, in one game. Yeah, there's um, there's set plays in the Art Briles system, which is what Josh Heupel runs, where you know one or two receivers will take a play off. And it's already predetermined. We're only working this side of the field. But in Hendon Hooker's first six games, it wasn't predetermined on certain plays. It was every single play. They isolated one half of the field, and that's all he looked at. Uh, Mr. Jones said, understanding it and doing it well are two different things. Uh, sure, but like I said, I mean, what you know, when you look at the, the big complaint about Joe for the last two years has been overthrow Joe, right? And so, you know, you look at UTSA, there were there were three overthrows and one that he was on a different page as a receiver. But he started the game 14 of 19 throwing the mm-hmm. ball. Um, he's and also that had, included... He's also that, had four sure touchdowns dropped this year. Um. Papa Jay said, yep, you're absolutely correct about him, but then he eventually did catch on, thankfully, sure. for sure. Absolutely. And that's, and that's where Nico will be next year after a year of, of learning and progressing and, and understanding how the breaks happen. Next year, they'll they'll be able to open up more with him, but he's just not there. I like this from Carl. Carl, welcome, buddy. It's good to have you with us. He said, I'll take your word, Rustin. I'm too emotionally involved in those details. You're usually just trying to remember to breathe. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Um, Papa Jay said, true about Nico being young, but it's also Joe's sixth year. Sure. It's his third year in this offense. That's right. He, and so that's why we, mm-hmm. you know, we see him. Uh, we should expect him to be doing it well. You're right. I totally agree. And, you know, we're not trying to, like, apologize for him or anything. But but I think what we're saying is that we don't think it's quite as bad as, as some folks have made it out to be. And, you know, like I said, I, so if, if y'all – 
if you have to hear our reaction show, the UTSA, uh, UTSA game, when Nico came in, you know, the, the, the people who all game long had been like shouting for Nico and stuff like that. They turned on Nico so fast, and like literally his first throw, Nico's first throw, he throws a BB straight to Dante Thornton, hits him right in the hands. I mean, like right in the chest, right in the hands. He drops it. Uh, dude, two rows behind me goes, that ain't a good pass. <laughs> I'm like, what do you expect? He threw it straight. I mean, like literally right, a perfect ball right to him. He just dropped it, you know. Um, then the next pl- next series he gets sacked and somebody else yells, put Milton back in, you know I mean? Like those, they were, they were turning on Nico faster than they were turning on Joe, you know? So unfortunately, you know, I think people, especially with Nico, they, they, they expect him to, since he was the number one recruit in the country, uh, they expect him to come in and just be like gangbusters. And, and it's, it's the SEC, it's tough stuff, you know? Um, Let's see. I got a, a, a start a comment from Papa Jay a minute ago about Cooper Mays coming back. That I'm going to come back to that one. Mm-hmm. Doug, welcome, Doug. Good to have you, buddy. He said, well, let's hope we're the most physical team on the field Saturday, 100%, especially uh, on, on the trenches, especially. Um, Papa Jay's exactly right. He said, we can't take a quarter off. We can't do it. Nope. Um, and I totally agree. Uh, that opening drive of UTSA in the third quarter was extremely impressive. And unfortunately, I think we let it be impressive, uh, but we just we had a different different seemed like a different mindset in that particular drive. Um, let's see, Mr. Jones said that opening play of the game, Joe was so wide open on the run because no one fears him running. Hooker ran fearlessly. Well, I say I'll tell you this. I, you know, Joe had not. We had not seen Joe run like that yet this year, and so probably you know that there were people that were like not as not as concerned about him take it, pulling the ball and taking off running, but now they will be uh, because now they've seen him do it, and especially oh my goodness, especially since there was that info that came out where people were tracking him with GPS, and at one point he reached twenty one point three miles per hour. Now everybody's going to be – they're going to be talking about that. And like, he can yeah. run, you got to watch it, that kind of stuff. But that was, um, a scheme, that was a scheme call. That wasn't a read. You know, we, we talked about that Sunday night. That was a, that was a scheme call. It was, it was Joe understanding what the defense did and knowing before the ball was even snapped that he was keeping it. And thankfully, um, UTSA safety did a horrendous job and took himself out of the play. Um, otherwise it was still been about a 20 or 25 yard gain, but, um, you know, he took himself out of play and then it'd be an 80 yard gain. Uh, Mr. Jones said Heupel's worst offense ever. Uh, that's statistically, that's true. Uh, this is the statistically speaking, the worst offense he's ever had. And Joe Milton is quarterback. I mean, that's fair. I mean, that, that's, that's an accurate statement. Um, it's, it's an this accurate time, statement, but his offense ever currently average so I'm gonna maybe it was just my internet but if my worst offense my worst offense ever averages 462 yards a game I'm okay with it that's fair um so Papa Jay said he's halfway joking about this next comment here but he said so Hinden came in 
almost halfway in the season and the second season he balled out. So can't Nico come in now and ball out next year? We only get him three years and this is year one. <laughs> Again, can Nico come in right now? Yes, he absolutely can. Is the playbook going to be the same? No, absolutely not. They're going to they're going to minimize it. They're going to say this is your one read, throw it to whichever guy that that corner doesn't jump and, you know, that's it. And that that's all he'll do. Um, you know, it's the reason Hendon went 7 and 6 in year 1 because half the playbook wasn't available. So I think this is a great great comment by Carl. Uh, Carl said he's not Hendon, and that's very true. Joe is not Hendon for sure. Hendon was a special talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not every year that you get a Heisman caliber quarterback. But Carl said, but he's also not playing behind Hendon's offensive line either. And that is exactly correct. I mean, you think about Hendon, he had Cooper will be an NFL lineman. So, I mean, he had Cooper. He had, uh, uh, yeah, that first year. Uh, last year, let's let's just do last year. You know, last year he had um, Jerome Carvin. There's another NFL lineman. He had Darnell Wright. There's a top 10 pick NFL lineman. All three of the guys we just mentioned, none of them are playing right now. On the left-hand side of the line, you had, uh, you know, Mincy and Crawford swapping out at left tackle. They do have that guy playing right now. And then at left guard, uh, last year you had Javantez Spragans, who's now on right guard this year. And so of those five guys, only two of them have been playing so far this year. And both guys are at different spots on the line. Um, so I think that's a big deal. I think that's I think that's a really really good point. Uh, Mr. Jones said Gaston Moore, Nico, Joe. I don't care. I just want Gaston Moore, baby. Uh, I, hey, let's I'm let's bring in Gaston. I'm all about that. Y'all know We've I, talked I, more about Gaston in the last week than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> um, Mr. Jones said after that first run, then you didn't run again. It seemed like one run. Don't make it a trend. Um, five yeah, there were only four yards. Yeah, there there was the other. It seemed like the other ones were. There was one designed. It was third and eleven, mm-hmm. and it was they were. I don't remember what quarter it was, but I know that they were. It had to have been either the first or the third quarter because they were going towards. It must have been the third quarter. Uh, they were going towards the north end zone, and it was third and eleven, and there was a design quarterback draw, and and man he was probably one step away from breaking it big again, but dude made a good, he shed a block and made a good tackle. So kudos to that guy. Um, let's see. Woo. Carl, uh, Carl said, I predict 300 plus passing yards and 300 plus rushing yards by the falls. Dude, sign me up. Um, <laughs> uh, that would be amazing, especially the 300 yeah. rushing yards. Um, that would I be could, absolutely. I could incredible. easily see the passing, the rushing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that would be absolutely awesome. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Papa Jay said, but our offensive guards and wide receivers haven't helped much. That's very true. Um, I pulled it up while you were talking. Right now, Joe Milton has a 63% completion rate for 231 yards a game, eight touchdowns, one interception. I'm I'm sorry. Like, what else can the guy do? 
we I just told you there have been four touchdowns, sure touchdowns dropped in the end zone or on the way into the end zone. So right now he should actually have he should be averaging more like 250 to 260 yards passing and have a 12 to one touchdown to interception ratio, completing 63 percent of his passes. There aren't many quarterbacks in America with those numbers. Oreo puppy dog. Welcome, man. It's good to have you. This is amazing. I love this. <laughs> he said, I would have Nico backing up Gaston <laughs> and Milton starting wide receiver tied in. Um, oh, I love it. That's fantastic. Uh, let's see. Papa Jay's still, I like this. Papa Jay's got a whole, whole, he's got the next three years mapped out in his head. He's like, so if we, if, you know, Nico could be good. For one year's third year, <laughs> I mean, maybe. essentially, essentially, yes. I mean, that's that's what we're saying. Next year, Nico's going to have that condensed playbook that Hendon had for probably the first six games, and then as he gets comfortable and the season progresses and he starts reading it better, then for the last six, he'll probably get the full playbook, and then the following year, he'll have the whole playbook again. Um, but I mean, that's that's the reality of how this system is. It's hard. It's hard to understand what you're looking at in real time. And so it takes game reps to figure it out. So I, I hated that I missed this comment when it came in. Uh, Papa Jay said, bring back Harrison Bailey. <laughs> he threw a he touchdown said, pass a couple of weeks just... ago. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was in mop-up time. He's the third-string quarterback, but still a touchdown pass. Uh, so Carl said, he said, I know it was just UTSA, but it seemed like the team looked more in sync. Yeah. Okay. I have, I have a theory as to why that is. And it's because Joe had time. Like he actually had time to throw the ball down the field. Um, you know, you go back and you look at the Florida game and that kind of stuff. He didn't have any time. It was, I mean, it, it was zero time in the UTSA game. He had time to, throw the ball deep down the field. Uh, I mean, th okay, let's, let's not even say that. Let's, let's do another play where it wasn't a deep throw. It was probably, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 yards. But they ran this, like, very slow developing fake screen double move that was Caleb Webb's first touchdown of his career. And on that play, Joe drops back, and he stands there for saying pump fakes Caleb, you know, literally stops his route, turns around and, and shows his hands to Joe. The defense sucks into it, and then he takes off running up the field, and Joe throws the ball, you know, I don't know, it's probably 20, 25 yards for a touchdown. He had, my goodness, he probably had five seconds, it, it maybe more, to throw mm -hmm. the ball, and he, and he throws it right on the money. I, I mean, not like if you give a dude time, he, he'll make good throws, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, then people look at, well, he threw one and he just chucked it out of bounds over Dante Thornton and Ramel Keaton because one of them was supposed to be blocking for the other one and both were blocking for the other guy. Neither one of them was turned around to catch the ball. And Joe just threw it out of bounds over their heads to, you know, save a play. Um, so, I mean, you know, that I think they looked more in sync because it was more of what we're used to seeing out of Tennessee's offense and because Joe could throw the ball deep. Um, Mr. Jones said Joe has the physical attributes like some mental. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, 
Hypel has opened it up pretty much for for Joe and and allows him to make checks. He allows him to read stuff. Um, I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that it's a mental thing. I think it's a trying to do too much thing. Um, I, I think you know, if you look at the grades every week, there's grades analytics that get posted on every player. Um, this past Saturday was Ollie Lane's highest graded game of the year. I don't think that's a coincidence to the fact that Joe looked really good throwing the ball. Absolutely. Um, totally you know, agree. And if you, as a quarterback, if you're constantly wondering if your center is doing his job, especially when the center is the one calling the block scheme, Joe's trying to do too much. And, and getting Cooper back will – you will see a different Joe Milton because Joe will stop worrying about what the offensive line's doing. Uh, John, welcome, John. Good to have you, buddy. He said um, he thinks we'll probably have about this this Saturday. We'll have about 150 passing yards and 150 rushing yards. Um, he said, you know, Joe has no offensive line. Our defense is poor, and the secondary blows. <laughs> uh, Joe or John, I, I have a shirt for you, big guy. Uh, it is. Let me let me put it on screen here. So at our website, thevolbros.com, um, if you click on shop in the top right corner. This battered ball syndrome survivor shirt is available on our site right now. Uh, beautiful shirt, beautiful shirt. Uh, there's actually a second type of design if you if you'd prefer. Um, you know, I I think that um, you know that that would be that has your name written all over it, buddy. <laughs> uh, but as far as what he said, he's right about the offensive line. It has not played well thus far this year. Uh, and as far as our defense, the front seven. I wouldn't call them porous because right now our defense is allowing the least yards per play in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Like our defense is number one in the SEC in yards per play. And that's because of the front seven. Uh, does the secondary, is it subpar? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, it, it is not the best secondary in the SEC by any means. Um, but as far as our front seven, I, I mean, you got to be happy with how they've played so far. Um it could be like Rustin said earlier. It could be gamesmanship. I don't know. I'm not the guy. But this week, a transfer from Yale, who currently plays on South Carolina offensive line, he was talking about, he was asked about what he expects to see from Tennessee's front seven because they have a reputation, Tim Banks has a reputation of wanting to send a lot of pressure towards a quarterback and that kind of thing. And so he asked what they could expect to see. And he said, this will, this will have been the best front seven we've played against this year. Yeah. Now you stop and think about that. They've already played Georgia this year. And the guy was saying that he feels like the front seven they see this weekend will be better than what they saw against Georgia. That's impressive. Uh, like, we, can't, we can't forget that our defense is leading the SEC in yards per play. I mean, like that's, that's a good stat. That's that's a good thing. Oreo puppy dog. I'm thinking he uh so I agree. Nico would beat out Gaston next year. Because Gaston won't be there. <laughs> well, that too. But I am a huge Gaston be, Moore fan. But I do wearing a polo as the grad assistant. <laughs> that's true. Um I, I am a huge Gaston Moore fan, but I also understand that Nico and Joe are much better than Gaston. <laughs> uh let's see. Carl said, right breaks 70-yarder, Samson 60-yarder. That's 130 there. 
I've consulted my crystal ball through my orange goggles and it's a lock. Hey, I 100% am on board. I totally believe <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, Carl is like Nostradamus. I mean, like the guy, he, he knows, he knows what's going to happen. He just does. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it's like a gift of prophecy from the Lord because it's about football, but um, I mean, like he, he knows some stuff like I, I don't, maybe he has a time machine. I don't know. But in our college football pick'em challenge right now on our website, you can go look at it. There's been 40 games. We're in. We just had. We're finished week four. There's been 40 games. Carl has correctly predicted 32 of the 40 games. He is 32 and eight. That is incredible. So you heard it here first, folks. Carl, let so let it be written. So let it be done. Carl has spoken. Jalen Wright has a 70-yard touchdown. Uh, Dylan Samson breaks off a 60 yard touchdown. There you go. I'm, I've 100% believe it will happen now. 100%. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like 99% serious too. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, if Joe struggles, who gives us best chance to win? Nico or God? Nico gives us the better chance in that situation. <laughs> so, so we actually disagree on this because we talked about this Sunday night. I actually think Gaston does. Because I think Gaston I understands. I think Gaston understands the entire playbook. I think they would let Gaston run the entire playbook, and I think Gaston is smart enough to get the ball to the right people at the right times. Whereas Nico's still figuring it out. Well, um, you know, you know who's been in the offense longer than Joe? Gaston Moore. Gaston <laughs> yep, because he came um, from UCF. Is Nico going to be more explosive, and might he break off some big run? Absolutely. But he might also throw three interceptions trying to force balls into areas because he doesn't understand how to read it. So, you know, I think Gaston gives you a better chance. Mr. Jones said, what are Joe's numbers in SEC play? Well, unfortunately, there's a small sample size, and it's only the the one game against Florida where our offensive line looked like Swiss cheese. <laughs> so I saw when he asked this question, so my response would be, if I told you there was a quarterback that completed 20 passes for 287 yards and two touchdowns, and the opposing quarterback completed 19 passes for 166 yards, so 120 yards less, and one touchdown, so one touchdown less, which one won? Yeah, good point. Uh, unfortunately, the, the one that had the weaker numbers won that game, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Papa J said, yep, Joe is a pocket passer, and he did have more time because we blocked better. Having Coop back hopefully will help even more. Okay, so since Papa J said that, let's go back to his question that he asked. Uh, oh, sorry, Papa J, that was almost 30 minutes ago when you asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Papa J said, with Coop coming back, who's sitting the bench? Okay, first part of this question, and Rustin, here's my first part of it to you. Is Cooper Mays going to be going to be back this game? I think he is. I, I don't think I don't think I don't think Josh Heupel would have used some of the verbiage he used last Saturday in his after game interview. I don't think he would have said it the way that he said it unless he fully expected Cooper would play this week. So I agree. I think that he will play but I'm only at like 51% confident. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 49% he doesn't, 
51% he does <laughs> because I, I, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm jaded, I guess. They've burned me one too many times. I thought he was going to be on the field in the swamp. That didn't happen uh, because they play, and I understand. I mean, they play it really close to the vest on purpose. I get that. Uh, so I, I would love, but I'm, I, I do want to, here's my, here's my answer. Do I want to see him play? Yes. But only if he's a hundred percent healthy because sure. he has, first of all, it, it would not, it may not help us if he's not a hundred percent healthy. Right. But, but more than that, I care about, you know, Cooper's future as a, as a player. Uh, you don't mess around with three hernias and a like a tear in your abdominal wall. I mean, you, you don't mess around with that. And so, yeah. I mean, if, if it's going to injure him and, and potentially put his future in jeopardy, I just I, – we'll, I, we'll I, I would out. hate to see that happen to him. We'll find out real fast if he's 100% or not because South Carolina knows what's been happening too. Amen. So, you know, first quarter, first drive, they're going to be sending double A gap blitzes like crazy just to You're test right. Cooper and see what he can handle. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Uh, Zach, welcome, Zach. I'm glad you're with us, buddy. Um, so, Zach, he said, I'm in a meeting. <laughs> but I must say this this dark mode united, absolutely. Um, so, Zach predicted it. He, he said it was going to be uh, dark mode this week, and he nailed it. Uh, he was right on the money. So kudos to Zach for that. Uh, he said, Volbro's catch on the flip side of the chicken fried W. <laughs> um, so Zach had to go back to work. He was, <laughs> he was in a meeting at work. And so he went back to work, uh, Zach, we're, and when you get to see this on the replay, hopefully you get to see it then. Uh, as, as, I'm glad you joined us for a little bit there, buddy. Uh, hopefully your employer didn't get upset. Tell him, uh, you know, if he gets upset, tell him he can watch our show and, We'll, we'll, you know, vouch for you that you're, you're a necessary part of our show. Um, Zach predicted a, a 34-17 win. Ooh, Zach, that is very close to what I was going to predict. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that in a second. We'll, we'll, fin- we'll get caught up on the comments, and then we'll go to our last question of score predictions. Uh, let's see. So Baba J said, I'm still waiting for the game where Joe throws a missile at a defender's helmet that's crossing to see if he can knock him over like the carnival games. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, Doug said, do you think whoever has the most rushing yards wins this game? Oh, that's a great question, Doug. Mm, no. I think most people will say yes. I'm going to say no because I'm more concerned about our secondary covering their passing attack than I am their running backs. Because I think our front I'm I'm a I'm a believer in our front seven. I think I think they've earned that. I think that you know they have demonstrated man, especially if Keenan Peely were still in there. Um but you know if I think they've demonstrated that they're solid. They're a solid group. The weakness in our defense is the secondary for sure. Um are they better than last year? Yeah, a little bit, but not light years better you know um i do think there's a scenario where if we have the most rushing yards by a lot i think yeah i agree i think it could dictate who wins the game because if we can keep the ball on the ground and keep the ball in our hands that keeps the rattler off the field 
And, you know, the longer he stays off the field, the better. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I fully expect Tennessee to have more rushing yards in this game. Like, yeah. I fully expect that. Uh, the, the only thing that I'm concerned about is how many passing yards will South Carolina have? That's my concern. Um, I, I 100% believe that Tennessee will have more rushing yards. Uh, let's see. Carl said, Tim Banks will have a good game. Believe you'll see a very focused defense this week. So I give all his defensive coaching over Gamecocks offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. They're, they're going to have so many different things dialed up to get in Spencer, Spencer Rattler's face. I mean, I totally agree that. Um, Papa Jay said our zone coverage seems to cover space more than anything instead of people. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's, that's very fair. Hey, John, you the man. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, I'm buying the shirt. <laughs> Go Vols. I love it, baby. Go Vols. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Mr. Jones said we have a secondary. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, hey, John, I appreciate you getting that shirt, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, uh, Carl said he does. He gets his predictions from the Lord. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Mr. Jones said Carl traversed in the wilderness for 40 games and 40 nights. I think we call that the Dooley and uh, Jones and Pruitt years is what we call that. Um, do you do you know who South Carolina's backup quarterback is? No, I do not. The starting tight end, Luke Doty. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I remember when he played would, a couple uh, years ago. I would love to, on Saturday, get a huge dose of Luke Doty at quarterback. That that's that's something we need to make happen. If we can knock Spencer Rattler out that game, that'll be a huge positive. Uh, let's see here. Carl said, "Mr. Jones, as Vol fans, we've all wandered in the wilderness seemingly forever, <laughs> or at least almost twenty years." <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Um, <laughs> Papa J said his first game was nineteen seventy six at Neyland when he was six years old. That wilderness thing lasts a long time, doesn't it, buddy? <laughs> uh, that 20 years seemed like a long time. Um, uh, could Joe, Mr. Jones said, could Joe have done what Hooker did against Alabama? I don't think he could have. That's nothing against Joe. I want him to do well. Uh, I agree. I mean, I agree with that. No, I don't think Joe could have played as well against Alabama as Hendon did because I think Joe's not Hendon. Hendon is he's a, he's a rare talent. And Joe also doesn't have Jalen Hyatt. That's true. And Joe yeah, also true. doesn't have Darnell Wright and Javante Spragans. Yeah. And I mean uh, Jerome Carvin. You know, I it's a different animal. I mean, you just can't you can't compare apples and oranges. It's none of our receivers have become Jalen Wright this year. None. No one okay. has stepped up and become that guy. This is now my favorite comment of the night so far. Carl said, Vegas odds, Bigfoot on the field, 12 to 1. Cooper Mays on the field, 120 to 1. <laughs> That's my favorite comment of the day. I love it. Uh, That's probably true. <laughs> some student in Knoxville is watching this right now and going, where can I get a Sasquatch costume? <laughs> Hey, that dude that's wearing the the shakers as a like there's a guy in the stands, he's been at every game so far. Uh he he's head to toe covered in orange and white shakers. 
he's made himself a suit out of orange and white shakers. Uh, it kind of looks like Bigfoot. So <laughs> uh, if he gets on the field, there you go. Vegas nails it. Um, Mr. Jones, I think Joe gets in his own head sometimes. That's fair. I mean, potentially, yeah. I think he does Joe, a lot of the time. That's mostly because he's trying to do everybody else's job. Uh, Mr. Jones says, whoever has the most points wins this game. <laughs> totally agree. I absolutely. That is an excellent prediction. Um, it is the SEC, and we do have SEC refs, so it's not 100% for sure. So, Neil, welcome, Neil. It's good to have you, buddy. He said, interesting that the powers that be chose to black out the stadium and the opponent's school colors. That's okay. I get it. I get it. One of South Carolina's colors is black. I get that. But when you look at the rest of the season, uh, the home games, we talked about this uh, Sunday night. So they really only had two choices for this. We know for a fact, like you can, you can go ahead like, and put money on it now. When mm-hmm. Tennessee plays Georgia, they will wear orange and white. Like that's going to happen. It is undoubtedly going to happen. Yeah. Um, because Danny White said it's going to happen. Danny White essentially came out, you know, last year and said, when we play a rival, we will wear our traditional colors. So Alabama, Georgia, Florida, those three games are always going to be orange and white. Or if it's an away game, all white. Like that's that's the way it's going to be. That's why they wore all white and the stormtroopers down there in the swamp. Um, they're going to wear all white at uh, – um, Tuscaloosa this year. Um, like that's, that is a Danny white decision. So when Georgia comes into town, it will be orange shirts, white pants. That's, that's, what's going to happen. The only other home games are Yukon. They're not going to bust out the dark mode for Yukon and Vanderbilt. They're not going to bust out the dark mode for Vanderbilt. I wouldn't be shocked if you see all orange against Vanderbilt. I think that'd probably happen. Um, so really the only two games that they could have worn dark mode was South Carolina and Texas A&M. This is just me. I could be wrong, but I think they chose this one. First of all, because they know it's a night game, but secondly, this is not an accident that they're wearing an alternate uniform against South Carolina. If they wear orange and white against South Carolina, then South Carolina could say, yeah, we're one of their rivals. Because Danny White said they only wear their traditional uniforms against their rivals. This is a not-so-subtle message to all of South Carolina's athletic department that Tennessee does not view them as a rival. That's what's going on here. Uh, this 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 was more than just what we see on the field. There was more to it than than just that. Um. Carl said, we're going to score quick because of the pace. Now, I hope – okay, I'm, I'm going back and redoing what I said earlier. If Cooper's there, yes, that's possible. I, I'm, I'm, I'm redoing what I said earlier when I said, you know, I want to see us – I want this, I want to see the defensive line in the backfield all game. I do want to see that. But I also want to see us p- play with our tempo that we should be playing at all the time. That's another thing I want to see. Um, as far as who do they think have a breakout game, Mr. Jones said he thinks Caleb Beasley will have a breakout game. Uh, Oreo Puppy Dog said I would run Dylan Sampson until his tongue was hanging out. Absolutely, dude is shifty, man. Dude is a player. I totally agree. Um, Tyler makes a great point. Welcome, Tyler. Good to have you. He said um, 
BVS talking here, batter ball syndrome talking, but South Carolina is much more battle tested and he's right. They are. Uh, he said two losses are to number one and number 15. Rattler is on the money as of late. Leggett is a beast. We have our work cut out. I don't see a 17 point win. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's right. Tyler's right. And historically, you know, the last two years have been anomalies. Historically, the Tennessee South Carolina game is always close. Uh, the last two years have been oddities in that. Um, but I mean, you think about how many overtimes was it? Eight that year. We had eight overtimes against South Carolina. Uh, then there was that, the, the Butch Jones first year, the Michael Polardi field goal down by one with time as time expired. Um, I mean, the game's always close. That was the same game as the uh, Marquez North diving catch down the sideline. That was a beautiful catch. Um, Mr. Jones said Joe did have height and company when he lost the job. Uh, that's true. He also got hurt. Uh, that was part of the reason. He lose the job. He got injured, and Hendon played really well while he was hurt, and he never regained the job because Hendon played well. All right, so Mr. Jones, this is one thing I'm going to respectfully have to disagree on. <laughs> uh, he said, should have done a black and orange checkerboard. Um, so some things are too – some things are untouchable. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people feel like the uniform should be untouchable. Like it should be orange and white. I get that. I understand. Um, I do personally like my favorite uniform combinations, all orange. That's my favorite. Um, white helmets, orange shirts, orange pants. But uh, the art, the checkerboards, if you go back and you watch, we did a show right before the season started where Rustin and I both ranked our top five Tennessee football traditions. The, the checkerboard end zone was, I think, either my number one or two on the list. <laughs> no, it was number two because running through the T was number one. Hmm. Um, Carl said he thinks they'll do smoky grays against AM, maybe, uh, potentially. Uh, it could it could also be a traditional orange and white that game. <coughs> Simply because, I mean, AM, those are not a rival, you know. Um, Doug asked a question How many times do we sack Spencer Rattler? Uh, man, I want to say a whole lot, but I'm scared. Uh, I'm going to say six. I'll go six times. No, that's too many. I'm going to say five. (laughs) I don't, I don't think it's too many. Uh, I think we need to get to him at least seven times for him to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's eight or nine. It doesn't have to be be fully a sack. It could be a knockdown, but I think we need to get to him at least seven times. Kelly, welcome, Kelly. Good to have you with us. Uh, come on now, white jerseys and orange branches is the OG. It is. I totally agree. I bet we'll um, see that at Kentucky. Um, well, that's that's. I think you're right. I think they will do that at Kentucky. That's what they did two years ago, I believe. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I bet you're right. I bet we'll see that because once again, that's throwing another you know, a little, little shade at Kentucky that they're not a rival. Uh, Carl said, Rattler can't throw from his back. And Oreo Puppy Dog said, that's true, Carl. So we need to try to make that happen. I agree. Yeah, Carl said, Joshua Josephs will track him down. Hey, okay, now let's talk about this for a second. That's somebody that I want to see have a big game. Him and James Pierce Jr., both of them. Yeah. Uh, Joshua has been quiet this year. 
he burst onto the scene last year in that LSU game when he had that ma- massive sack. We haven't seen we haven't seen them do those stunts with him this year yet. At least if it has, it hasn't worked because he hasn't gotten in the backfield like that. So hopefully we see that. Mr. Jones said Vols blew out South Carolina last time we were black against them. That's true. Carl says uh, he gets sacked nine times. Hey, I love it. Sign me up. Carl, I'm loving Carl's. I'm really excited here in a minute. Don't don't tell us yet, Carl, but I'm excited in a minute to hear <laughs> Carl's prediction for his score um, because he's saying 300 yards rushing and passing and nine sacks. That's like a 20-something, 30-something point win at that point. I'm, I'm excited to hear his prediction. Um. Mr. Jones said we need to spin Sir Rattler. Uh, and Carl said hurry up his throws. Uh, let's see. Ooh, Rebecca. Hey, I like this. Uh, she said 12 sacks sounds good three times a quarter. I love it. Uh, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. Uh, because that would be, if, if, if average is out, that would be at least one every possession and two for three of the possessions, if averages hold out for how many times you get the ball per game. Um, but hey, that'd be wonderful. Um, Tug Reader, that's a new name. Uh, welcome. Uh, he's uh, he's at Overthrow Joe. Eh, not so much this year. Not so much. Um, he had, like we said, we had he had three, and a, and plus a, a mis, miscommunication with a receiver in the UTSA game. Uh, not not overthrowing it so much this year. Uh, Mr. Jones said 12 sacks in the first quarter. <laughs> uh, that would be nice. Every drop back is a sack, isn't it? Carl likes Rebecca's prediction too. Coming Rebecca coming with the heat. Uh, so absolutely. 12 sacks. That'd be amazing. Um, oh, Eric. Welcome, Eric. Good to have you, buddy. He said... Personally, my favorite combo is the white jersey, orange pants, road combo. That I agree. It looks sharp. I agree. He said, so glad that they decided to incorporate the orange pants again. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've loved all of, uh, you know, when you think about all of Tennessee's uniform combinations recently, uh, I mean, they're all, they're all good. I, I love the, anything with the orange and white on it, uh, you know, whether that's traditional orange and white or all orange or white on white or white on orange. Um, they all look good. Um, the, the dark mode, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. Uh, it looks good. Like it does. Um, I know it's not traditional, but it does look good. I wasn't a huge fan of the, of the artful Dodger interpretation of the Smokies. Wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, but anything with orange and white, uh, Ooh, Tyler (laughs) ducks. (laughs) I like the orange helmets. I agree. And here's, and see, that's, that's frustrating because I like the way they look, but now they just have such tainted memories, you know, held on to them. It's like, you know, those little mini helmets, those little Rydell mini. Well, I got one back here that this is an autographed one, but um, right here where I got my hat, that says Rocky top. I wanted to get an orange mini helmet and put it right there. And, and, and I just couldn't do it. Like <laughs> I saw it and I was like, man, I really like that. I'd like to get it, but I just, just couldn't spend money on it. Cause like, it's, it just, it pains me. Um, but now there's this company 97 solutions that makes uh, miniature helmets and they do custom ones. So I'm actually maybe get one of those that has our Volbros logo on the side of it with a wide 
orange stripe down the middle and put it back there. White helmet with the Volbros logo. That'd be awesome. Um, so that might be changing pretty soon. Um, let's see. Oh, Kelly's jumping the gun. I love it, Kelly. I love your prediction. We're going to, we're going to say that. I'll show it here on the screen in just a second because we're going to do score predictions. Oh, Carl just jumped the gun. <laughs> People are excited. Um, so let's see. Let's see. Uh, Reston, we'll go ahead and jump to our score predictions so we can show people's score predictions here. Um, I'll get my lower third on the screen here. What, what's your score prediction for this weekend? I'm terrified. Um, <laughs> every day I get more and more concerned about this. Um, I hate our secondary. Like I don't know any. I don't, I don't know any other way to, way to say it. I, I hope. They finally just say, Gabe, Judy, Lolly, please go be a lockdown corner. The rest of you idiots, please just get in the way. Um, <laughs> it it's the only it's the only chance they have of starting of stopping Xavier Leggett. Um, I think we end up in a shootout, and I think we win forty one. Man, I'll go forty one thirty one. Um, I think there'll be two possessions at some point in the game, maybe one each half where we score one more time than they do. Um, we badly, our, our defensive line needs to have their best game of the year because our secondary is not going to stop them. Yeah, agreed. So historically it's been a very close game. Um, I think I think we score four touchdowns and kick two field goals. So I'm gonna say we score 34 points. And this is the part that kills me because I think we win, but I think I want to say South Carolina scores three touchdowns and kicks two field goals. I want to say that because I want to say that our our offensive line is going to be in the backfield a lot. I mean, excuse me, our defensive line is going to be in the backfield a lot. I want to say that. And I think they will be. But I think they're going to end up scoring four touchdowns and kick one field goal. So I think we win 34-31. That's my, that's my prediction. Um. I hope I'm wrong and we win by way more. That's what I hope. When I saw that the spread was opened as like 11 and a half points, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, like, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. Um, I hope that Carl is right. <laughs> uh, Carl said 50 to 17. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it. Let's hope that he's right. Um, let's see. Uh, Kelly said 35, 31. That's extremely close to what I, my prediction as well. So I, I agree with Kelly. I think that would be a very good prediction. Um, Mr. Jones said the Florida game week, the Vols are more worried about uniforms than the game. It seemed, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Daniel, welcome Daniel. Uh, so we got, he said, uh, this, what's up, guys? It's my first time on your live. Hey, we're glad. We're glad you're here, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining us, buddy. He said, I thought I liked the new Smoky Gray. 
it was just too busy though with everyone wearing them um yeah i mean there was it was it was not the the best version of the smoky grays in my opinion personally uh, i agree with you on that uh eric said the first time we wore orange pants was in a 42 to 7 win over vanderbilt on november 20 dude eric is busting out the the facts here on november 26 1977 i know coach majors would be so pleased to see them <laughs> i totally agree man i totally agree uh mr jones ooh, this, okay i think mr jones may be right um like this is a really good prediction he said 42-21. Oh, I thought, never mind. Sorry. I thought it said 42-41, Vols. <laughs> uh, 42-21. Man, I hope you're right. Uh, that would be amazing. I, I thought it was like a shootout 42-41, but I misread it at first. Um, okay, now I think this is legit. Uh, Carl said two interceptions by Vols based on pass rush. Maybe. Uh, Only if he screws up and throws it to the linebackers. Uh, let's, let's re I'm loving that. Oh, Carl. I know, man. I'm sorry. I know. He said, Oh, ye of little faith. I know. <laughs> I have extremely little faith in the secondary. <laughs> that is a very true statement. Uh, Oreo puppy dog said Tennessee 24, South Carolina 21. Okay. I think that's actually a really good prediction. Um, I think that very, very, very may, very well may happen. Um, just want the W amen, brother. Amen. Uh, when I made the thumbnail for this preview show, I knew that I had, I knew I had to put the dark mode uniform on there, but I almost did a black background with orange letters to represent dark mode and just have it say, just win baby. <laughs> like that's all that matters. Just get a win out of this game. Um, Oh, Tyler. Oh, Tyler. Go hide, Tyler. <laughs> he said the secondary will be our downfall. South Carolina 38, Tennessee 34. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to say that I agree, but if Tennessee loses, I think exactly what Tyler just said is the reason why. And I think that that score prediction is a really good score prediction if they lose. Um, I think we win. I really do. I think we, we outpace them a little bit. I think we win. But um, <laughs> Mr. Jones said Tyler Goldberg is Shane Beamer. <laughs> Mr. Jones said, when was the first time the Vols wore no pants? <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Um Volbro's after dark there with the no pants comment. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mr. Johnson, remember last year when we had an offense? Dude, come on, man. We scored 45 points last, last week. Uh, we scored 45 points. Uh, we, were, we, were, we were leading the SEC in rushing after two weeks. Um, let's see. Uh, Carl said same secondaries last year, but pass rush. Um, I think there may have been a, he said pass rush on Levis last year, produced more turnovers. Oh, there we go. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I got you. And you'll probably see the same thing happen this year against Kentucky because their offensive line isn't any better. And Devin Leary is not better than Will Levis, but, um, 
but I do think there are some similarities with Rattler and Levis as far as like Rattler get he can get shaken. I mean, that's just the way it is. He's shown that throughout his career. Yeah. I know he's a sixth year senior now. I get that. Um, but in his career, he has shown that he can get shaken at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. And so if we can get in his face, you know, hopefully that happens. You know, Carl said Carolina has a poor offensive line. They sure do. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Rat like Rattler can get rattled 100%. Mr. Jones totally agree. And that's what we need to hope happens. Uh, yeah. We need to hope that they're in his face. Amen. Absolutely. We need, we need to jump on him early, jump on them early, make him feel like he has to do too much to catch up, make him very uncomfortable. He'll start forcing balls. Who knows? Wesley Walker may accidentally walk into one. You know, that's always <laughs> possible. Um, but I totally agree. And you know what? That's something that the fans can impact. The fans can have an impact on that in the game. Because if he's not only having to, you know, worry about all the stuff he normally has to worry about, but also trying to communicate with the offensive line at the same time and everybody, I mean, through through trying to yell at each other, you know, trying to hear each other, that is a way that the fans can impact this game. Make no doubt about it. It could, it could the fans do have an impact on that particular type. Um, <laughs> get a penalty first play of the game, just send a message, use the back of the roster <laughs> Oh gosh! Send Jeremiah T. Lander off the edge with no 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 ability to hear the whistle. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you blew, I didn't hear it. What are you talking about? Oh, Carl! I wasn't going to mention it. I saw it earlier today. I wasn't going to mention it, but so Carl he did this uh, so far in our college football pick'em challenge. Carl is now remember Carl is leading. I'm, the, the, I appreciate Carl giving us an opportunity to catch up. <laughs> It is a top 25 matchup. Kansas is number 24. Texas is much higher. Um, yeah. But it, he uh, he said, maybe I've also mind I'm picking Kansas to upset Texas. I mean, I, <laughs> Carl Junkins is Lance Leopold. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. Um, I mean, like, Carl, at this point, man, nobody can argue with you. I mean, you're, you're beating everyone, like, substantially in the, in the, but we appreciate the standings. Four picks like that because that will help us <laughs> catch back up. But you know what? If if Kansas does, then Carl picks up another game on literally every other person. Yeah. So far, everybody's picked Texas. I never um, would have imagined if you'd asked us three months ago how would Washington and Texas compare to Georgia. I never would have imagined that I would be sitting here going, Washington and Texas are both better than Georgia. Yeah, I agree. And Washington might be the best team in America. They're good. Like legit they're good. Insanely talented. Like they're they're not just beating people. And I don't mean slappies. Like they're playing good programs and they are obliterating them. Yep. They're very good. Uh Mr. Jones makes a good point. The number by your name doesn't show up on the field. That right, that ranking doesn't show up. Uh anybody any given day, right? Any given day. Um, but I mean, Carl's Carl said it, so it's going to happen now. <laughs> I won't remind everyone that um, Washington's starting quarterback could be our starting quarterback right now. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Um, for one one once upon a time, Michael Penix was a Tennessee commit, wanted to go to UT, 
And unfortunately, that did not work out. Uh, I believe it was Jeremy Pruitt that told him that, uh, thank you, but no thank you kind of thing. Yep. But we had Jarrett Garantano instead, so, you know, that worked out well for us. So. <laughs> The one, the one quarterback coach we've had in a long time, Nick Sheridan, saw what Michael Penix was and took him with him to Indiana. And then he ended up in Washington because of connections from the Indiana staff to Washington. And now here he is possibly going to win the Heisman. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> right. Um, well, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., under the lights, Dark mode initiated. Uh, it should be. Um, oh gosh, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> uh, oh, Tyler makes a good point too. He said Caden Salter, former Vol, is tearing it up at Liberty this year. Yep. Um, Although he's no longer good... Tennessee because of things he did, <laughs> not yeah, that's true. because of anybody else. That's true. Carl made a good point. He said we could have had that very marginal Trevor Lawrence guy. <laughs> That's also who, true. Who um, always wanted to be a ball and idolized Peyton Manning, and somehow Butch Jones still screwed that up. Not not yep. sure how you pull that off. Yep. Um. Oh, Mr. Jones, Caden Assaulter. <laughs> uh, let's see. Holy crap! There's a quote. There's a comment. I didn't <laughs> <say>. <laughs> This is all this is amazing. Uh so Oreo. Oh, Mr. Jones, come on now. He just said Caden Salter's better than Joe. <laughs> uh he's also playing much less yeah, competition. He's at liberty. Yeah. Uh Oreo Puppy Doc said, I got I'm gonna have to watch the game taped because my daughter and I are on a youth deer hunt, and I'll have to skin and quarter before I watch the game. I'm gonna turn my phone off. She killed two last weekend. <laughs> That is impressive. Um, the words skin and quarter were not two words I expected to hear on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I did not. Um, that's cool. Uh, my daughter has never killed a deer. Um, <laughs> Much less. That is impressive. Um, that is very impressive. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, kudos to you, man. That is. I, I don't know if I could skin and quarter a deer. I mean that's that's impressive. Uh that yeah. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Uh, well here here's what you gotta do though, Oreo Puppy Dog. You gotta watch the show before 9 p.m. Sunday night. Because we'll be live again 9 p.m. Sunday night. And we we want you to join us and not get spoiled while you're joining us. So uh you gotta you gotta watch it before then so you can join us on Sunday. Um, but we hope everybody has a great evening. Uh, this has been a fun show. We love talking with you. I hope I hope that comes across. We love talking with all y'all so much on this. Well, it most of it you. really. I no. wouldn't say all. <laughs> um, hey, we appreciate it, Royal Puppy Dog. You said I will. That's awesome. Uh, but we love talking with you guys, and this is awesome. Rebecca joining us, Kelly joining us, and new people. Daniel joining us tonight. That was fun having Daniel with us. Uh, I think I remember, there was a couple other new names tonight. I'm just not remembering off the top of my head right now. Uh, but that was really exciting to see some new names as well. Uh, Kelly and Daniel are both new names um, that we got to see on here. Carl said, thank you guys. We love it too. I appreciate that, Carl, very much. Um, this is a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's a, a common bond in orange here. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. So 
Uh, appreciate Rustin taking time while he's on a work trip from his hotel room. Uh, help, you know, joining, joining us tonight um, from the, from the state of South Carolina. He's like I said, he's in enemy territory. So um, we appreciate that very much. Uh, Oreo puppy dog. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I agree, Mr. Jones. Let's Joe Vols. Absolutely. Let's go Vols. Absolutely. Uh, we hope everybody has a great evening. Uh, mark it on your calendar. Sunny night. We're going to be together. Just like Zach said earlier, we're going to be celebrating a win. Uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, so hope everybody joins us Sunny night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And we look forward to seeing everybody then. Go Vols, baby. <laughs>